Welcome to The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Listen to Joe tackle the really tough moral issues, current events, and politics from a Catholic perspective. Now here's Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Hello, Sixpackers. Welcome back to The Cantankerous Catholic, episode 85. Since the last episode of the Cantankerous Catholic, bad Catholic Joe Biden has chosen Kamala Harris as his running mate. Joe was already a political titanic all on his own, but Kamala is the biggest iceberg in the ocean, assuring his descent to the bottom of the sea. I hate to disappoint those listening who have a double-digit IQ, but Trump's going to win in a landslide this November. The very first thing I want to discuss about Kamala Harris is the way I pronounce her name. Tucker Carlson was raked over the coals by a Democratic miscreant on his own show, as well as other assorted miscreants and morons on MSLSD and Constipated News Network for being disrespectful and mispronouncing her name. They call Trump Hitler and Stalin, but that's okay. Well, if mispronouncing her name is disrespectful, I'm never going to pronounce her name correctly. She doesn't deserve respect. She says she wants to essentially destroy the Second Amendment by confiscating our guns, as she said, for the babies, but she believes in killing as many babies in the womb as possible. There are a few more things I have to say about the demonic Democrat jerk Kamala Harris. I've been sharing the faith with people for over 30 years. The Holy Spirit has used me to make hundreds of converts, and 84 of them are my adult godchildren. When the Holy Spirit works through us in a big way, He usually uses the talents given to us before we were even born. When we develop those talents for Him, we're often impelled to pass on to others what we've done and how we've done it for the greater glory of God. That's why I wrote the Lay Evangelist Handbook. You might say the Lay Evangelist Handbook was 30 years in the making, because in this book I share with you all the best that I've learned about how to share the faith with laps and non-Catholics so you can bring your friends and family to the fullness of divinely revealed truth. The very first chapter gives you a thorough explanation of the things you need to do to maximize your effectiveness so you won't end up with egg on your face when trying to engage people. I explain the differences between the various types of lay evangelists and others you can learn from. I even talk about some statistics that should help give you a real sense of urgency for sharing the faith. Then I get to the step-by-step process for sharing the faith. I give a full presentation of the exact text I've used and refined for 30 years. I tell you what to do, what to say, and how to do and say it, while leaving room for you to work in your own personality and make these techniques your own. There's no other book like this on the market. So get your print or ebook copy of the Lay Evangelist Handbook today. It's available in print on cantankerouscatholic.com or in print and ebook on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris make quite a pair. Abortion Joe, who's been publicly denied communion because of his stand on abortion, is supposed to be a Catholic. 
The first amazing thing about this is that he was genuinely surprised that he was denied communion by Father Robert Morey, the pastor of St. Anthony Catholic Church in Florence, South Carolina. That doesn't really tell us anything about Joe, except that he's an arrogant material heretic. What it does tell us about is the state of the priesthood in America. We have far too many cowards in today's priesthood. They're nearly all a far cry from Father James Altman. By the way, I'll be interviewing him on this show in September. The other amazing thing about Biden being a Catholic is that Kamala Harris is the most anti-Catholic person in Congress. After all, when she called the Knights of Columbus a terrorist organization during the Brett Kavanaugh hearings, how can you deduce anything else but that she's vehemently anti-Catholic? And this is just one of many anti-Catholic comments she's made. You want to know the truth about it all? Kamala Harris was the straw that broke this camel's back. Our people are being denied mass in many parts of the country. Suicides are at an all-time high. 25% of young people ages 18 to 24 have seriously considered suicide because of these ridiculous and immoral lockdowns. Fentanyl addictions and drug overdoses right now kill more people in a single month than the China virus has killed in total in America since it began. Our cities are burning all across America, which has boosted gun sales through the roof as the people fear for their lives, and city after city has already, or are about to, defund their police departments to leave us at the mercy of every gang member and violent criminal. Joe Biden selecting phony Kamala Harris as his running mate finally pushed me over the edge. I decided what I really need is a vacation. My pastor just returned from a vacation in the Colorado Rockies where he spent a week hiking in the mountains. I was really happy for him because Colorado is my favorite state for mountainous beauty. But I can't go to Colorado. Even if I were physically able to go, I can't afford it. Hell, I can't even go into Mark Twain National Forest here in Missouri. So I'm stuck in the house until the world resumes at least a semblance of sanity. However, there is an alternative, and that's to laugh more. One reason Mrs. Sixpack and I have a successful marriage is because we laugh. We laugh a lot. But with our beloved Catholic Church and beloved America in the shape they're in, I need a lot more laughter right now. I suspect you do too. It's been 35 or 40 years since I've read the Liberal Rag Reader's Digest, but I recall it used to have a regular section called Laughter is the Best Medicine. I used to read that every month, and I could literally feel the tension and worries of life drain away as tears run down my cheeks from the laughter. I don't have Reader's Digest funny stories anymore, but that doesn't mean I can't laugh. All my life I've collected and listened to comedy. I don't listen to modern comedy because comedians these days aren't funny. They seem to think that in order to be funny, they have to drop the F-bomb in every other sentence. Probably the most risque comedians I ever listened to were George Carlin and Robin Williams. I mostly listen to comedians that many of you have never even heard of. People like James Gregory, whose shows are billed as family-friendly, and he welcomes kids at the shows. I also like Bill Ingvall, Bill Cosby, the late Christian comedians Winnie Bagwell and Jerry Clower, and the ever-popular Larry the Cable Guy. 
But one of my favorite comedy teams is the more obscure team of Hudson and Landry. Bob Hudson and Ron Landry gained their short-lived popularity in the 70s. With the cancer culture of today, where anything the least bit fun or pleasurable is somehow racist or xenophobic, Hudson and Landry's comedy is definitely verboten. But we six-packers don't really care about that because we're politically incorrect at all times. As a departure from our regular format, and to escape the insanity of the world for ten brief moments so we can have a few healthy laughs, I'm going to play three of Hudson Landry's comedy bits. The first one is called Ajax Liquor Store, the second is called Ajax Pet Store, and the third one is called Cornelius Vanderbilt. Ajax Liquor Store actually has a little Catholic fun at the end. Early on in my conversion, I could identify with the protagonist in this bit. I suspect many of you may be able to, too. Ajax Liquor Store. Ajax Liquor Store? That's right, pal. <laughs> yeah, you guys deliver? We deliver. You got any tequila? We have tequila. Tequila. Yeah. You yeah. got any quartz? Quartz. We have quartz. I don't, I don't, want, I don't want any quartz. All right, how much do you want? I want fifths. You want fifths, all right. Four fifths. Four fifths tequila? Four, four fifths tequila? Yeah. What do we got so far? <laughs> we got four fifths tequila. Make it better, make that five. Five fifths tequila. Five right. fifths tequila? Got that. You got scotch? We have scotch. We got many cinnamon. I think it's written. Four. Four. Four <laughs> fifths of scotch. Hello. So is this a four-fifths sticker, sir? That's right, pal. You listening to the Yellow Pages? Yes, we are listening to the Yellow Pages. How come you're listening to the taxidermy? <laughs> That's impossible. Uh, well, I'm sorry. It was, it was what? It's impossible. Oh, I must have a couple of pages missing in my phone book. <laughs> what have we got so far? Five-fifths tequila, five-fifths of scotch. You got any beer? We have beer. All right, okay. We have 16-ounce cans and 12-ounce cans. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, how much do you want? This, uh, two cases. Two cases. All right, I've got that down. All right. Don't send any vermouth. All right, I won't send any vermouth. That makes my wife sick. <laughs> She's out of town, but I do it just in her memory. All right, okay. <laughs> we have we have five fifths tequila, five fifths of scotch, two cases of beer, one case of sixteen ounce cans. You just bring that right on right on up then. Huh? Uh, all right, where do you want me to deliver? Up to my house. <laughs> where do you live? Up on the north side. On the north side. Yeah. Whereabouts on the north side? Up there by the Japanese amusement park. The Japanese amusement park. Right? Bambi the deer plays there. Is that right? Where Bambi goes, nothing grows. Right. <laughs> you still there? I'm here. All right, don't you have any address, any numbers or anything like that? Uh, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Let's yeah. see. All right. Five. 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 Two. Two. Well, that's not my address. That's my that's order. That's the order. Yeah, that's what that's, I thought. You can find, I'll turn a big red light on. You'll you can't miss it. Red light on. Okay. Yeah. There's a big statue of a Brindlegate Dane dog out front. He's not going to bite, is he? No, he's just a statue. Just a statue. Okay. We got five-fifths tequila, five-fifths of scotch, two cases of beer, one case of 16-ounce candy. No one, vermouth. No vermouth. I wouldn't send vermouth. In one case, that's quite an order. Are you having a party? Huh? Are you having a party? No. Uh, I'm just trying to work up the nerves to go to confession.
I hope you like that one. Hudson and Landry had four or five bits with the Ajax theme. I personally think Ajax Liquor Store was their best, followed by Ajax Airlines and Ajax Pet Store. Unlike Ajax Liquor Store, where the drunk calls in, he actually wanders into the pet store. Is this the dog pound? I know this is Ajax Pet Store. Pet Store? Ajax Pet Store. Okay. Is it Fred? Uh, who's Fred? That's my dog. Oh, did you lose him? He ran away. Oh, uh, too bad. What did he look like? Like Rim Tim Tim. <laughs> Except he ain't got no tail. Uh, oh, no tail. No, I haven't seen a dog like that all day. Hey, Fred. No, he's not here, sir. Hey, Fred. No, he's not here. Believe me, he's not here, and don't lean on that birdcage. I'm sorry, that's a nice little birdie. That's a nice bird, isn't it? I love birdies. Oh, do you like birds? I hate to bird calls. Fire <laughs> me to a bird call. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that's sensational. What kind of bird was that? <laughs> well, what was it? That was a canary. A canary. <laughs> you want to hear a woodpecker? Okay. Okay. Don't pet that snake. Snake! That's a diamondback rattler. That cost me $150. Why they say you come and then they pounce? <laughs> Why do you say that? Look at the tongue on that sucker. It's split right down the middle. Say, did you steal one of my white mice? I beg your pardon. Well, there's a white mouse crawling out of your pocket right now. That's my mouse. Your mouse? Conrad. Conrad? My hand was like a bird. I'd like to hear that. Stand by. Conrad! What's like a bird for the man, Conrad? <laughs> no, you can't fool me. I saw your lips move. Hey, your ape is getting away. That's my son. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're sorry. I hope he didn't leave on my account. No, he's going out back. He's going to feed uh, the hawk. Well, uh, Hoxie. Mice. Mice. Conrad! No, it's all right. No, it's all right. It's all right. The hawk is in a is in a cage. Don't fret. Fred. Here, Fred. No. <laughs> no, Fred is not here. He's not in the pet store. Can I have a pound of those fish? Those fish are deadly. Deadly? They're South American piranha. Well, just give me half a pound. <laughs> Hey, here comes a dog now. Is that your dog? That's Fred. Come on, Fred. Come on, Fred. Come on, Fred. Ah, that boy, Fred. Hey, he's a beauty, isn't he? he? Yeah, he's smarter than Lassie. Is he? I see him do some tricks. Can he do some tricks? I see him. Roll over and play that, Fred. Hey, look at that. He's rolling over. That's beautiful. <laughs> I thought it was dead there, Fred. <laughs> he's getting too good. Yeah. Sit up, Fred. Sit, boy. Look at that. Right up on Sit. the hind legs. That's beautiful. Sit, boy. What else can he do? What do you, name it. Can he speak? Can he speak? Are you yeah. kidding me? You ready? Ready, Fred? Speak, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> I had a bit of a laugh with that one, so I'm feeling a little bit better. I hope the same's true for you. The final cut is called Cornelius Vanderbilt. This is a brief story of the possibilities when a small-town southern hick decides to seek his future in the Big Apple. I hope you enjoy this one as much as I do. 
Uh, what are you doing with that briefcase, fella? I'm just going about my business. Why? NYPD. Y you a cop? That's right, Jasper. I'm a plainclothesman. Now, what are you up to? Nothing. Just running an errand. Uh, for who? For Mr. Cornelius Vanderbilt. That's who. That's an alias, you know. Well, that's funny. You don't talk with an accent. <laughs> How long have you been working for Mr. Vanderbilt? Ever since I got into town a few weeks back. Uh-huh. I no sooner stepped off the bus. Yeah? He, he ups to me and says, hey, sucker, how'd you like to make a quick hundred dollars? And I says, New York, New York, you're my kind of town. Well, what'd you have to do for the hundred dollars? Hardly nothing. Just carry a briefcase over to Harlem. <laughs> carry it to who? I never did catch his name, and I don't guess he got mine either. He just kept calling me Honky. <laughs> What kind of guy is Cornelius Vanderbilt? He's good people. He's always talking about where he used to live in the big house. And boy, that must <laughs> that must have been something because the place he's got now has got 40 rooms. <laughs> Sounds like quite a guy. Oh, I'd take you down to meet him, but right now he's taking one of his friends for a ride. <laughs> Yeah, he stays pretty busy, does he? Oh, you bet. He's into near about everything, like building. Building? Always putting out contracts for folks. <laughs> well, he is, huh? Building, fixing, building, fixing. Fixing? Oh, yeah, he's got a junk man that needs fixing every day. <laughs> Junk man? Yeah, Mr. Vanderbilt calls him a junkie. <laughs> he's got a sense of humor that won't quit. <laughs> Have you ever noticed if he's armed? Mr. Vanderbilt? Yeah. Sure he's armed. His leg? <laughs> he's normal. Except that scar on his face and the weird gifts he buys for his friends. Weird gift? What weird gifts? Oh, you know, like one-way tickets and concrete shoes, stuff like that. <laughs> What do you do most for Mr. Vanderbilt? Oh, you get a kick out of this. How's that? <laughs> Mostly I deliver Japanese food. Japanese food? Yeah, it's called Kilo. <laughs> Kilo? Yeah, it don't sound like much, but there must be something to it, because it costs like everything. <laughs> You deliver a lot of it, Oh, huh? kilo here, two kilos there. I'm surprised you ain't heard of it. It's catching on real big. <laughs> Does he have anything else going? Yeah, there's his janitor service. His janitor service? Yeah, he's got a couple hundred of these beautiful girls that go to hotel rooms and clean up. <laughs> beautiful girls, you say? Yeah, I don't know how them hotels can afford it. Them girls charge $100 an hour. <laughs> and some of them sniff Pepsi Cola. <laughs> You mean Coke? Yeah, Coca-Cola. Yeah. <laughs> I got some root beer up my nose once, but that was an accident. All right, let me look inside this briefcase. Sure, have a look. Uh-huh. All right, you're under arrest. For what? Delivering Japanese food without a license. Where are you taking me? To the big house. Oh, dang. New York, New York, you're my kind of town. <laughs> Let's remember that no matter how difficult things get around here, remember to laugh. I can just about guarantee that God is laughing at our foolishness, so we ought to laugh too. Learn things about the Catholic faith you never knew in Joe Sixpack's Secrets of the Catholic Faith. 
There are many essentials to our holy and ancient faith that few modern Catholics know. Those essentials have become, well, secrets, hence the title Secrets of the Catholic Faith. Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, is always exciting, never boring, and completely politically incorrect. He never shies away from the so-called untouchable moral issues. With his use of humor and directness, readers and students can never get enough of what he teaches. According to Joe, there isn't one single teaching of the Catholic Church that can't be completely demonstrated to an inquiring mind. Everything can be demonstrated. But the Catholic laity aren't being taught these things. They're being fed pablum when they need and want meat. Secrets of the Catholic Faith is actually exciting, and it will make any Catholic's chest swell with pride. So get your copy of Secrets of the Catholic Faith by Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy, today in print or ebook on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes and Noble, and Kobo. Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy, wants to make sure you're informed about all the Catholic news you need to know. Here's Joe Sixpack's top five Catholic news picks for this episode. Catholic news pick number five. Hats off to National Catholic Register. An official at the U.S. Bishops' Conference said Thursday that the selection of Senator Kamala Harris as Joe Biden's presidential running mate is good news that will offer policies favorable to marginalized people. The official's name is Donna Tolliver Grimes, and she's the Associate Director of African American Affairs in the U.S. Bishops' Secretariat of Cultural Diversity in the Church. She should be immediately fired. I'm asking all six-packers to bring this to the attention of their local bishops and demand that he insist the USCCB fire Grimes. Let the fight begin! You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 4 Hats off to the flag and cross. Men aren't allowed to be men in 2020. They have to be effeminate versions of their true selves in order to please the increasingly liberal left. Or else. Not even job titles are safe these days, y'all. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic Catholic News Pick Number 3 Hats off to the Washington Examiner. Conservative talk show host Jesse Kelly started a cancel Yale movement to give the liberal universities a taste of their own medicine. Kelly tweeted, Yale University was named for Elihu Yale, not just a man who had slaves, an actual slave trader. I call on Yale to change its name immediately and strip the name of Yale from every building, piece of paper, and merchandise. What? You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic Catholic News Pick pick Number number 2 Hats off to LifeSite News. A pro-life organization has been blocked from running a pro-life All Lives Matter ad in a local newspaper. The paper claimed the ad was racist. That just makes me mad! You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic Catholic News Pick Pick Number 1 Hats off to Catholic News Agency. 
A woman in Texas says that her husband was denied treatment for COVID-19, was moved to a hospice, and then starved for six days after a doctor decided that his quality of life did not merit care due to his pre-existing disabilities. Why, you no-good, stinking, rotten rascal! You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholicism 101 is the segment where Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, gives you little thumbnail lessons to help you better learn and understand the Catholic faith. Here's this week's Catholicism 101. A certain holy monk was taken in a dream by his guardian angel and shown a vast plain covered with many cities and men. On one side of the plain, a rushing spring of water came forth from the hillside and divided into seven clear streams, which flowed down into the plain. At the other side of the plain, another fountain rushed up from a dark cave and also spread into seven streams. He watched the streams that came from the cave and saw many people drinking eagerly from their waters, as the waters were sweet to taste. Soon after drinking the water, though, these people were seized with violent pains and vomiting, and many of them died. That is the plane of self-will, said the angel, and its seven poisonous streams are the seven deadly sins. Now look across the plain to where the seven rivers of life take their rise from the hill of Calvary. The seven rivers of life were not so sweet to taste, but they had great powers. The sick who drank from them were healed, the old were being made young again, the ugly became beautiful, and in some of the rivers the dead were being brought back to life. The seven poisonous rivers are the seven capital sins, pride, avarice, lust, envy, gluttony, anger, and sloth. The seven rivers coming from Calvary are the sacraments, baptism, confirmation, holy Eucharist, penance, anointing of the sick, holy orders, and holy matrimony. The sacraments are perceptible signs, that is, words and actions, accessible to our human nature. By the action of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, they make present efficaciously the grace they signify. All seven sacraments were instituted by Christ, and all can have their basis demonstrated in sacred scripture. Over succeeding weeks, we're going to take a look at each sacrament individually. The reason I wanted to devote the time to this, most of us take the sacraments for granted because we tend to forget what we were taught about them. As the old adage goes, if you don't use it, you lose it. And the sacraments are the very life-giving blood flow from the church. Without the sacraments, we would all be doomed. They are as important to our spiritual life and eternal life as air, food, and water are to physical life. So for this installment of Catholicism 101, we'll simply look at an overview of the sacraments and all they have in common. All of the sacraments either give or increase sanctifying grace depending on the sacrament and the state of one's soul at the time of reception. Sanctifying grace is best described as God's life in us. In other words, no one can get to heaven without sanctifying grace. If one dies with the absence of sanctifying grace in the soul, one goes on to an eternity in hell. Sanctifying grace can't be acquired after death and purgatory because there are no second chances after death. 
and death never announces itself before it comes. Being in possession of sanctifying grace is to be in a state of grace. Not having sanctifying grace is to be in a state of mortal sin. Being in a state of grace is absolutely necessary in order to receive confirmation, holy Eucharist, holy orders, and matrimony. The state of grace is ordinarily necessary for the anointing of the sick if the recipient is conscious. Not being in a state of grace when receiving these sacraments is a sacrilege, which is a mortal sin that places that person in jeopardy of hell. The sacraments are grouped into three separate categories, the sacraments of initiation, the sacraments of reconciliation, and the sacraments of vocation. As we look at this, we can easily see the divine logic behind the seven sacraments. The sacraments of initiation are baptism, confirmation, and holy Eucharist. They're called sacraments of initiation because they're the sacraments through which we begin the Christian life. The sacraments of reconciliation are penance and the anointing of the sick. They're called sacraments of reconciliation because they reconcile us to God. The primary work of the anointing of the sick is to bring spiritual healing to the soul and often the natural healing of the body. The sacraments of vocation are holy orders and holy matrimony. They're vocational sacraments because the priestly state and the married state are lifelong vocational commitments. Some of the sacraments can only be received once baptism, confirmation, and holy orders because they place an indelible mark called a character, on the soul. This character is visible to God, his angels and saints in heaven, and the demons. Indeed, the mark of Christ mentioned in Revelation is the character on the soul from these sacraments, as opposed to the mark of the beast mentioned in the same book. There are two elements necessary to constitute a true sacrament, matter and form. Matter is some sensible, concrete thing or action. Examples would be water in baptism or the bread and wine in the Holy Eucharist. Form refers to the essential words used by the minister of a sacrament. Examples here would be, this is my body in the Holy Eucharist, or I absolve you from your sins in penance. Both the matter and the form must be used at the same time and by the same minister. The minister of the sacrament is a person who has received from Jesus the authority to act for him in giving that particular sacrament. The ordinary minister of a sacrament is usually a priest, which includes a bishop, of course. Sometimes the ordinary minister can be a priest or a deacon. In holy orders, the ordinary minister is always and only a bishop. In the case of matrimony, the ordinary minister is, believe it or not, the couple being married. There can be an extraordinary minister in the case of baptism, but only under, you guessed it, extraordinary circumstances. The effectiveness of a sacrament is not dependent on the holiness of the minister. This is because the sacraments work ex opere operato, that is, by the work performed. The only limiting factor to the measure of grace Jesus imparts through a sacrament is the disposition of the person receiving the sacrament. I try to keep Catholicism 101 interesting and exciting for those who have an active interest in our holy and ancient faith. 
I realize this installment fails to meet my goal, but it's necessary to help the next several installments of Catholicism 101 make more sense. So until next week. Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, is a welcome visitor to parishes across the United States every Sunday through his What We Believe, Why We Believe It bulletin inserts. Using humor, immutable truth, and ignoring political correctness, Joe Sixpack helps the average Catholic in the pew better know and understand our holy and ancient faith in a way that is refreshing, awe-inspiring, and makes readers chest-pounding proud to be Catholic. And readers love it. Now you can enjoy Joe's work by getting the best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It book series. In fact, get two copies of each book, one for yourself and one for your pastor. Then your priest can decide if he wants to help your fellow parishioners by subscribing to the What We Believe, Why We Believe It bulletin inserts. Get your copy of the best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It by Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy, today in print or ebook on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes and Noble, and Kobo. The Catholic Church is 2,000 years old. A lot of wisdom is gained over two millennia. Each week we'll share some of that wisdom with a Catholic quote. So here's this week's Catholic quote. This week's Catholic quote is from St. Ignatius of Loyola. He said, It is not hard to obey when we love the one whom we obey. I believe a really great way to teach the faith is through stories, parables, and anecdotes. So here's today's story. The father of the church, St. John Chrysostom, brought down on his head the hatred of Queen Eudoxia. He courageously criticized the evils of her court. She decided to get rid of this plain preacher. Calling together her counselors, she asked which would be the best way of doing away with the offending archbishop. Banish him, suggested one. Confiscate all his property, advised another. Put him in prison, said still another. Put him to death, recommended the fourth. Finally, a venerable counselor arose who seemed to know the saintly archbishop. Slowly he spoke, Your Majesty, to banish Chrysostom is useless. He already considers his life a banishment. Take away everything he has and he will be as happy as ever. He hates the things of earth. Put him in prison and he'll be as cheerful as ever. Kill him and he'll consider it a service. Death to him will allow him to pass through the next door to a better life. If you really want to do him harm, to punish him, devise some means of leading Chrysostom into sin. Sin is the only thing he dreads, the only evil he fears. Actual sin, whether venial or mortal, is the only evil, the only thing to be feared and dreaded and avoided. Like all the saints and servants of God, St. John Chrysostom realized this, and for that reason he feared sin more than anything else, even leprosy, because sin is leprosy of the soul. The deadliest and surest killer of peace is sin. 
Ask Jesus to help you understand the nature of sin and the malice of sin, and above all, to avoid sin at any cost. Help your fellow Catholic six-packers. They need to be listening to the Cantankerous Catholic, and you can help them find it better if you leave a review at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Leaving a review will make it easier for other Catholics to find the Cantankerous Catholic, because reviews cause the podcasting platforms to show it more often. And I thank you in advance for leaving a review. This has been The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Thanks for subscribing, and be sure to visit cantankerouscatholic.com to get your free copy of Joe's popular book, The Best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It.